When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Well, in Jake's absence, we're deciding to play him a little song. He's on vacation, probably swimming. And in his honor, we'll sing him Under the Sea. Hit it. Go. Three, two, one, go. version of under the sea yeah all right yeah so anyways back to business that was very cultural yeah now i mean that's the thing it's like there are certain songs that have melodies that are so strong that even if you play the wrong notes they kind of sound like the song yeah that's what you can recognize it at least yeah pretty much every song pretty much every song if you listen to it enough (laughs) yeah so Jake's not here, so it's just us in this room, nor banjo. We're not wearing headphones. We're just going to have a good old time talking about things. Uh, we Maybe we should talk about Nick's dad and how cool he is. Yeah. <laughs> First off, he's I'll never cool. live up to his, his oh, awesome name. He does kickflips. He does. He, he does, does stunts. Do Nick, you're the showrunner of the Corridor the channel. channel. You're, you're just as cool. <laughs> oh, man. Well, he stays we... up late. <laughs> 9 30 so, so nick's dad uh used to work for ilm um and he's worked for a whole bunch of other like cool companies and like nick's mentioned that to us to, to us in the past and we're like that's neat uh and then he's like you should come in for vfx artist react we're like okay and then he came in for a vfx artist react and that's when he realized like oh he worked at ilm from like the mid 90s to the early 2000s which is like the heyday of ilm and he's like oh yeah He's the one who made the mummy, like as in he designed the mummy (laughs) and here's his drawings of the mummy. And it's like, oh, oh, your dad's really legit. (laughs) I'm really glad you guys saved that reaction for when we were rolling the cameras too, (laughs) because it was a good one. Yeah. And like things like, uh, you know, designing like the, uh, the beach map painting for like saving private Ryan and like explaining about how he did the historical research there. And it's like. He holds up like this printout he has like, oh, I did this in Photoshop. And then you look at the actual shot from the movie and like half the elements are just the Photoshop elements put into like that frame. And you're like, wow, he basically made that shot, too. And like just the list went on of all these things that he worked on and like holding like the original pencil storyboards for like the beginning of the mummy in my hands is pretty neat. 
And it's like, man, this is actually like some legitimate film history. And, you know, your dad was talking to Steven Spielberg, like working yeah, out man. details and all that kind of stuff. I like guess he, I, uh, I took that for granted growing up, just like <laughs> literally growing up in that like small office in uh, San Rafael. Mm-hmm. California. It was called Kerner Optical. They had to name it. They they gave it a moniker so that crazy fans oh, of really? Star Wars wouldn't like find ILM and like try to steal all the models. Huh. But wow. yeah, man. That's um, funny. That must have been wait. Do you know anything about that? Is that a thing? Well, I mean, the fan base of Star Wars has always been a little bit crazy, I think. So Lucas has always been a very like just quiet, like to himself dude. Mm-hmm. And you know, he lived in the Bay Area, in the North Bay, north of San Francisco. So he, you know, decided, I think we went into this a bit in the episode, he decided to move ILM up to the Bay. Mm-hmm. So it was in his backyard. And also because it was away from all the paparazzi and all most of those fans that were maybe willing to like sneak onto the premises. <laughs> and, you know, um, but I'm sure there were probably instances where that happened yeah. because Star Wars was huge. So. And, um, I mean, it was probably a good thing because like, I remember in (laughs) my dad would bring back sometimes things he'd pull out from the dumpsters behind the model shop Hmm. and they would be like miscasts of like models, like big spaceships or like, uh, for instance, the Nubis statues from the mummy. Oh yeah. They'd be like perfectly cast except for one little bubble in the foot (laughs) and they'd be like, Oh, we got to throw that away. So there were some good dumpster dumpster diving, you know, opportunities there that wow. I'm sure they didn't want to like let people in on because it could give away things about the movies or I don't know. But yeah, yeah you probably don't make the choice to like make covert names for all your offices until you have to. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> wonder when we're going to have to get there. <laughs> Man, that's crazy. I have, I have this aspiration to have an art collection of like pieces from films, not just like, oh, here's a prop, but like here's like a matte painting that was used in this iconic shot, or here's like a storyboard for this iconic sequence. And I feel like the only way to actually assemble that stuff is to like know the people that made them. Like you can't just go out and buy it from like a collector necessarily. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, I'm sure if we uh, petitioned him, he might be able to hook it up with something we could frame and put on the office. <laughs> Having some stuff framed in quarter would be pretty yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause I mean, even if they're prints, like they only exist on his hard drive or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still, Maybe we could even get some original storyboards. But, yeah. Um, no, it was it was really cool having him on. I wasn't sure like if he'd be good on camera. He was good. Like, he was great. He clearly has watched a lot of episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he's I mean, he's just a natural VFX nerd too. Mm-hmm. So I think this these. So we ended up actually today. Dean and Chase were like, oh, we we can't cut all this stuff because by the way we shot. It was our longest ever shoot. Longest ever VFX artist reaction. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. it was over like a day. Thirteen of hours. Yeah. Well, it's for two episodes. It was for yeah. two episodes. Yes. Um, Still. Yeah. So we had to do this HBO uh, integration, which is a whole episode, and we decided to film it that day as well, because uh, he was he's an ex HBO employee too. So we're like that, oh, that works. So we shot all Thursday, uh, <laughs> mostly talking about ILM stuff most of the day, and then we shot a little bit more on Friday. So. It's a record for us, mm-hmm. but we're going to split up the episodes now. We're going to do just a mummy-focused episode, and then we're going to do one with Private Ryan, Mummy Returns, talk about the Scorpion King shot, the That's worst VFX shot too. ever. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, oh, you guys put him in the hot seat. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ren was like, so why does this shot suck? <laughs> <laughs> so, no, he's, uh, he's heard it before. So He's heard it before. Yeah. I mean, that shot got panned, I think, when it came out. So I don't want to harp more on it, but. I think he gave a pretty good explanation of like where things went wrong in that process and, you know, took kind of, uh, I guess, credit for it as a collective, you know, it mm-hmm. wasn't one person, but yeah, I think uh, it's also worth like remembering that like stuff like that, like it's not that big of a deal. Like it's not a big deal if there's a bad VFX shot in a movie. Like we like to laugh at it and point it out because it's ILM and everything they do is always so good. Like to have one little flaw that's like, Oh, they're human like us. Like, so what if it's a bad effect shot? You know, they're movies they are for fun. You know, it's like, I think it's easy. Some people can get caught up in taking it too seriously when it's like, yeah, it's also not like comedically bad either. Like there's comedically bad effects in like, like, like the street fighter movie is a great example. Like all the, that's comedic. That. Like that's funny because of how bad that is. I actually <laughs> saw a comment for that. On AVFX Artist React, we should look at that. I think didn't we? We did actually. Oh, did we? Okay. Yeah. We, yeah. Not the original Street Fighter, but the one from oh, like okay. 2009 or something. Yeah, that one was pretty nasty. Yeah, it was just like straight up like mistakes and rotoscopes and stuff like that. Did your dad ever see that episode? Like we fixed the worst VFX shot. Oh, was yeah. he like, oh yeah? <laughs> <laughs> like okay. Sure he yeah. I had, ex- I, you know, that was kind of an awkward one to explain to him like the title. <laughs> I'm like, because I mean, he watches the channel, so they see all the videos we, yeah. we make, and that was a what three years ago, no, almost something like that. Yeah. Jeez, time flies. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he wasn't angry or anything. I think by there's enough time that's gone past that they've all been able to kind of, you know, cringe that one out, you know, <laughs> sometimes you got to cringe it out at night, you know, 20 you years. Gotta, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, he, you know, that was basically a case of the director wanting something very specific. And then the VFX team was like, Oh, we don't quite have the technology and <laughs> they had to do it anyway. So, I mean, they give it a go, but that's, there's a lot of ambition. Yeah. Yeah. That's, kind of how it usually goes yes exactly yeah that's how you make great things and if you miss yeah. the mark oh well i mean we have plenty of shots that have bad vfx on our channel like yeah we have tons of bad effects. a lot of people think because we do vfx rs react that all our effects need to be flawless it's like no not really <laughs> time you know yeah. there's, yeah, there's so the time many other and, factors yeah definitely yeah. one cool thing that you guys can look forward to in that episode whenever it comes out we don't really have a time slot for that to come out but he provided us with a bunch of the alternate concept illustration for the Scorpion King. And yeah. some of them were like cool. Some of them were kind of funny. So we'll be showing a lot of that stuff. Yeah. That's cool. Um, you know, there's a whole team of people drawing that guy in every possible variation. Um, and a lot of them look, I think, I think better, but you know, yeah, it's yeah. not the rock. But I'm surprised. Many, like what, what else are you going to do? It's like a dude on a scorpion. Like, <laughs> what, what's the other version of that? I mean, some of them look like straight up, like, I know this isn't Egyptian, but like one of them looks like straight. You took like Jafar's face from Aladdin and hmm. like put him on like a more like insect like scorpion. Hmm. So there's some really weird like hybrids going on. Yeah, the one they use is know. very literal. Yeah. It's literally a scorpion <laughs> dot OBJ and then they chop it and they put the rock on there. And a little crown on the top. <laughs> the rock that OBJ. With a crown. <laughs> <laughs> He's a king. <laughs> yeah, but no. It, it's yeah i think we got a lot of good stuff so and we've never looked at the art direction side of the effects before mm-hmm. we 
often critique like the final thing, the 3D models. Mm -hmm. But I would hope that there's still as much thought put into it as there was back in the 90s. So yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a different process. Like we've never, I mean, well, not never, but we've rarely drawn a shot before we made it. Usually it's like you get the footage and you're just like, yeah, you just start playing with it right there in the moment to build things out. So that was, I guess, one of the reasons why ILM was like at the top of their game because they were a one stop shop. They had artists all in house that could literally go down the hall and talk to the uh, creature uh, 3D artists and modelers and the model shop as well. Coolest Mm -hmm. job in the world, by the way. Get to make (laughs) models all day. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. I mean, the model shop basically single-handedly went on to like be the MythBusters. Yes, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. yeah, it was Grant, um, Imahara, mm-hmm. rest in peace, uh, Tori, mm-hmm. uh, Jamie, and Adam were some of the main guys there, and there's a bunch of old school dudes too. Mm-hmm. But they were like the the contemporaries then of yeah, the whole art department. So, dude, I remember as a kid just going through. And being like, like, what the frick is this place? Because it was just like, there were spaceships everywhere, <laughs> freaking dragons, monsters. Um, and it had that like epoxy smell, that mm. paint, epoxy smell, literally just in like this warehouse. So it was, it was crazy, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Really cool. We're going to be taking models. a, yeah, we're going to be taking a little walk down memory lane and some cinematic history in these episodes coming up. I'm surprised Netflix doesn't do any of this kind of stuff, or anybody for that matter. Like commentary tracks, why yeah. not? I mean, I guess they're here and there on Netflix, but like, I'm really surprised it's not more of a thing. It's such like an easy thing to produce, yeah. To like have some history in the stuff you make. Well, Netflix is doing it here and there. It's just that they're so like broad, you know, that like you're, they're not. For instance, like the one they released. Well, they thankfully released like a VFX breakdown for Army of the Dead, but like mm-hmm. I was trying to do research for that and. Like the only stuff they have out other than the breakdown is just like a bunch of real light general stuff that never, there's no like actual information in there. You know, it's just people, all marketing. It's marketing basically. Their 3D scanning rig for the zombies. How sick is that though? They have like the grip pushing this like <laughs> cart around. And they also used accent suits. That was pretty cool yeah. to learn. So they go yeah. kind of in depth. Not quite. Yeah. Like the breakdown they release is yeah. like the most robust VFX breakdown I've seen of any movie. Like, other than, like, the Marvel stuff lately. Yeah. It was cool to see that, though. Maybe maybe they'll start doing more of that stuff if it actually gets views. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's well, This show, you know, this VFX Artist React show, it's like, I think it's just, it's, it shows that, like, you don't have to be into filmmaking to enjoy, mm. like, seeing the process break down. Because ultimately, you're just looking at cool images and go, hey, how did... How was that made? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's 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 interesting. So yeah, the Disney documentary was pretty cool. Which just, one? Like just all the different animations. Like they broke down just yeah. how like Finding Nemo and Toy Story, and they did it in a timeline as well. Is this on so, Disney Plus? Yeah, I watched it on Netflix. Oh wow! Cool. Yeah, hmm. really good, really in depth. You really just see kind of how they structured, you know, like the different warehouses and when they all started yeah. collabing and. They were like halfway through Toy Story 2 and then they were like, oh, we hate it. And they had to redo it, but they were still on the same timeline. And it was crazy. The technology they were using. Do you remember that story about, I think it was Toy Story 2, where they accidentally wiped the master 
off their server. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> Maybe that's what it just so happened somebody had brought it home to like show their kid, and they like it's like don't lose that hard drive. That's the entire movie right now on that hard drive. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably could fit on a hard drive back then. <laughs> yeah, dude, I I went back and watched Toy Story one, and I watched Shrek one recently, and we should look at that on on uh, animators react because there's some crude stuff there. Oh yeah. Like in Shrek, there's straight up a scene where like, there's like, he's in his little bog hut and there's like some shadows from trees being reflected mm-hmm. and they're straight up like tiled, like oh, really? pixeled, like, uh, like in a video game essentially. <laughs> and like, that's stuff you didn't even realize, but now it's like, oh my gosh, this is like, <laughs> oh no, yeah. Crazy. The first toy story is the same it's... way. There's like a ton of shots very frequently where you see like, either super janky animation for characters where you're like, well, it's like, whoa, that, that, that looks like, you know, student film, student like animation kind of like level stuff. And th- they, they don't shy away from showing close-ups of like really low res textures as well. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed, I mean, I've, I come back to this a lot, but I've, I've seen the movie a lot of times. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's like a ton of details like that. You watch through it and you're like, Ugh, like that's like the lowest res yeah. picture for this like ground. And you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> it's 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 pretty wild. I mean, granted, you know, twenty five years ago, but you know, it's yeah. it's interesting. Well, we were just talking about this the other day. I forget who it was with, but we were wondering aloud if there maybe someone can comment below. Is there like a name for the effect of like seeing something and it's novel and it looks great, and then like ten years later you look back and you're like, oh, that looks like absolute crap. It's probably like, like, yeah, that's like the ultimate, there's a German word for this. Yeah, yeah, there must thing. be some German guy who in the 20s, you know, theorized about this. Yeah, but yeah, I, I agree. Leave a comment below if you know the theory. Uh, because that happens all over the place. It's not even just like movies. It's just like even experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I was like, oh yeah, I was like up in the UP in Michigan. I went to college up there. I was like, oh, there's this great restaurant so great we're gonna love it we're gonna we're gonna go because i went there in college we had oh, yeah. the best time here and i go back there with you know my wife and my sister and we walk in it's just like it smells like garbage and we look around <laughs> it's like it looks exactly the same and they're playing like bad music and it's just like this this like this is nice <laughs> and like we immediately turn away and walk out but it's like the same exact effect you know it almost reminds you like the mandela effect or something like you like could yeah, have sworn yeah. something was the way it was. Yeah. And then and just, you like you know. misremembered it. No, nope, it wasn't. I, I had that for this restaurant called Fire and Ice. Have you ever mm-hmm. heard of that place? No. You probably just liked it because of the cool name. <laughs> yeah. You're like, dude, meet me at Fire and Ice. I'll be <laughs> in the, the, the rear table. Yeah, I'll be in the ice back. section. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like I, when I was like 10, we went on a trip to Boston to visit family. And there was like this restaurant called Fire and Ice. And like. We went there and like it was this restaurant where you like serve yourself and they cook it on a big hibachi like behind okay. the counter. And it was like the coolest thing as a 10 year old. You're like, yeah, dude, I get to choose my ingredients. Give me all those beans. Give me all those meats. All the beans. Yeah. <laughs> all beans. <laughs> like, and I remember always like when I was a kid, I'd be like, I'd look up where Fire and Ice was because I wanted to go back. It was a chain <laughs> restaurant or was yeah, it just yeah. one? It, I, it was a chain. It was a chain. There were some other ones. And I finally, I forget where I found a restaurant that did the same kind of thing. It wasn't a fire and ice, but I was like several years older, more refined. <laughs> and golden Corral was... kind of does it. <laughs> Maybe it was a golden corral. With my <laughs> <laughs> golden corral the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. Oh, 
I've been old, old at heart since <laughs> I, I was 10. <laughs> <laughs> but it just was not the same experience. It was just like, oh, this is kind of gross. It's just like a bunch of beans and beans. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's not the same experience. That's so, funny. Yeah. We often remember things much more intensely, I think. But yeah. When I was up in Minnesota two weeks ago, uh, we were driving up to this wedding. And we happened to pa- go through the town uh, that I, I guess, grew up in. when I, From when I was born to when I was age five, I grew up in the town of Rice, Minnesota, Rice. which is a town of 400 people. Um, oh. And we were driving through it, and I was like, Ivy, we should see if we can see my old house. Because I haven't been back to my old house there since I left it when I was five years old. And so I, I drove there from memory. I managed to find the house. Oh. And I was like, you should drive down the driveway. I was like, oh, they're going to think I'm weird. It's a really long driveway. <laughs> so, like, you had to very intentionally be going to the house to just do it. I'm like, all right. So I drove down, and sure enough, one of the owners of the house is out there gardening. And she's like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, hey, uh, I used to live here, actually. I just uh, showed my wife. We were on the tour. She's like, oh, that's cool. What's your name? I'm like, oh, it's Nico Perringer. And she's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we bought it from your dad 30 years ago. And it's like, <laughs> wow. whoa, okay, so you guys haven't left yet. It's like, no. She's like, do you want to have a tour? And I was like, yes. Uh-oh. And so I got to tour my old childhood house that I haven't been back to in 30 years. And it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it leaves an impression on you and that like your mental vision of like houses is always that house that you kind of mm-hmm. grew up in. Um, and it was really cool walking back through it. And like they hadn't changed very much of it. It's just the whole thing was a little bit smaller than I remembered mm-hmm. <laughs> because I was a yeah. lot smaller. Yeah. Back yeah. Than yeah. I was smaller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that was wow. really cool. That's trippy. Yeah. That's really trippy. It's one of those things that you talk about where it's like, yeah, it's your memory of it's one thing. And I, I was happy that my memory of it wasn't that far off from what it actually was. Like, this beautiful backyard. It's really nice out. But yeah, it was a little bit smaller <laughs> than I remember it <laughs> being. Yeah, it's strong. I was hoping that the same thing was going to happen to me. And I was in San Francisco this weekend. And I went to go visit my great grandmother. Oh, she owned a three-story flat in the heart of San Francisco, mm. and so I went back. And it all they did was just change the color of it. But I remembered like the steps going up, and I was just hoping that someone would be coming out, and I'd be like, "Please, like, mm. please let oh, me go man. inside of it. It'd be so cool because they're they're so much bigger than they think. You know, all the houses in San Francisco, yeah, and they look like they're small, but they go back so yeah. far, and, and they, they usually have, so have they have like... gardens in the back." There's so much history. I haven't been there in like over 10 years now, but I definitely wow. would have. So you weren't able to actually get inside? No, no one go. walked oh, in man. or out. Yeah. Dang. Man. Yeah. I still remember my the smell of my grandma's flat in San Francisco where my dad grew up and where she lived her whole life. Um, what area do you remember? It was in uh, North Beach. It was on uh, Chestnut Street. Um, I forget the address. Yeah. But, but yeah, it had like this like mix of like mildew and cigarette smell like. nice and it was just like this really old building but yeah it had like this huge it went back yeah back. they're huge crazy you know sam's a san francisco baby too yep yeah that's really? funny no yeah. we're talking about like well yeah. i too <laughs> what yeah part? Are you guys was, from san francisco? i think 20, 2015 was the last time i was there but i went past my childhood home and that was in san francisco where i mostly grew up until i was like six what did wow. it smell like what did it smell like? <laughs> I mean, I didn't go inside, unfortunately. <laughs> but a lot of crazy memories there. Wow. Yeah. Just wiling out. When crazy you were six childhood years old. memories. No, I mean, well, like my biggest memories like are like kind of bad ones. <laughs> 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 well, like all sorts of stuff. Like 
there was a park right across the street from the place. It was like a rec center with like a big, you know, baseball, soccer field kind of thing, which is nice. But like my two main memories, three main memories of it were going there with my tricycle and some kids stealing it. My mom chasing them. (laughs) The second of which was these crazy people like drifting their car through the grass and shredding it up and like kicking up dirt everywhere and just like doing donuts. (laughs) Uh, and then the third one was, uh, there was like riots that were happening. I think this was like the Rodney King riots that, and yeah, basically the whole street and the park was stormed and cars were smashed and broken into. And, uh, San Francisco has always been. And then the the earthquake in 89 was like my first memory and like cutting my feet up in glass and stuff and having to wear my dad's cowboy boots. Yeah, wow. it's like those you are like the, couldn't wait to move. Those are the main <laughs> ones that came to mind. Yeah, I know, I know. Like there's there's good ones that happened inside the house, but like those are like the big ones. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My parents were like, we're leaving the city. Yeah, they, yeah, and they were we're leaving, and so then we moved to Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's like stark. Opposite. There's definitely a lot of like glass everywhere because everyone's windows are just getting shattered. Really? Yeah, like we walked the Golden Gate Bridge. Maybe it took us like an hour, and we walked back, and we see this family crying in the parking lot. And we're like, oh, I wonder if like they're visiting, like someone died or something. And then we just keep going, and then their whole window was smashed. And like mm-hmm. you could tell, like all the kids' stuff got stolen. It was a minivan, and I was like, oh my! Like our car was parked right next to theirs. We could have easily. Well, Oof. luckily we didn't keep anything in our car just because we Oof. know San Francisco. But you know, they actually just passed a law in San Francisco. You cannot like arrest or incarcerate someone for stealing more under nine hundred dollars worth of stuff. I heard about that? So there's literally <sighs> videos of getting taken of people just putting stuff in bags and just walking yeah, out. Yeah, they go into CVS and then they fill up a bag and then oh, they leave. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh-oh. It's That's uh, the worst <laughs> law. Uh-oh. But uh, you would think I, if they're doing that, then maybe like windows would stop getting smashed because it's like I'm, they're getting their groceries. So I don't, I don't know. We'll wow. see if, if it helps. But Yeah, I don't think that's going to address the income inequality. Anything under nine hundred dollars is free. (laughs) There we go. No stimulus checks needed. No like UBIs needed. There we go. Get some AirPods. Yeah, right. Yeah, I want some new AirPods. Some new shoes. Yeah. Yeah. And I need some hair conditioner. Yeah. Some new hair conditioner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You walk in a guitar center and like eight ninety nine. I'm good. Does that include sales tax or no? Yeah, yeah the, the cop comes out. Yeah. Tax. Is it nine hundred dollars with or without sales tax? Because <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm trying to figure out. And they're like, what about a coupon? So I would have like, like, what if it's like nine hundred fifty bucks? I have a coupon for twenty percent off. <laughs> no, 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 it's not with sales tax because that's charged by the government. So the so yeah, it's right. retail value. It's MSRP. MSRP. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we go? <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. What a crazy law. SF <clears throat> is kind of a crazy place now. I yeah. I visited a couple times in the last couple of years and it's completely different. I mean, I'm sure you remember it was and you probably remember too. It was like just a normal city working class people like just living their lives and now it's just like tech central and it is well, it's kind of sad to be honest. Yeah. But I, I didn't notice. Well, I mean, the, the last time I was there was like with you in like 2016 really? or something. Remember? Oh, for for uh, EA, uh, we went to EA to play something two... for Battlefront. Yeah. Yes, 
you're right that was that was a quick little trip we did yeah that was like yeah i think i think the last time i was up there yeah we we only we were just in the city though for like a night yeah it was, it was dark yeah, we went to like this like <laughs> this like medieval tavern bar i know with like yeah. a like <laughs> with like some taxidermy birds. i was like nick we, nick we have like three three hours let's go yeah. to a crazy like belgian restaurant because yes. i was like hot off oh this was 2017 Oh yeah, we went to the Belgian restaurant. We the, went to the Belgian yeah. restaurant because I was like, I was craving like Belgian uh, beef stew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as one does. Yeah, some <laughs> ale, some some nice Abbey ale. Yeah, and then we went to like this other weirdly enough another medieval bar thing, and then oh yeah, that was weird. Yeah, it was kind of cool. It was the place that had like the Lord of the Rings door. <laughs> That's what I call it. It's the half doors. Where you can oh, have one door open door and, then, door. and then it becomes a counter. Right. Oh, it was like a saloon or something. It was kind of a saloon. Yeah. yeah. SF, yeah. I'm, it's I don't gorgeous. know. gorgeous. It is gorgeous. I Honestly, I was up there and I was like, I want to move here. It, I'd have to live on the street, but. With the I mean, $900. You so. got $900. Bucks. <laughs> but I could get my groceries every day. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Is there a limit on that? Is it like oh, a day, a week? Yeah, like, just once a week. Yeah, yeah I think it's until they forget how much you've stolen previously and then it refreshes <laughs> <laughs> oh man well i guess everywhere is kind of turning expensive now but everywhere is turning expensive but it's not like san francisco's a unique a unique bird in that it, you know everyone's been complaining about food like that's true. san francisco for like 20 or 30 years already yeah, yeah. well you also i mean you have silicon valley and i believe a lot of people in the tech industry would see themselves as being altruistic, good-natured people, which Uh-oh. they probably are. Going to deep cut. This isn't a deep cut. No, no, it's not, this is not a judgment thing. It's not a judgment He's thing. Like they're all nihilist. I'm just saying that, like, but when you have an industry that's pumping everyone full of money, but other industries aren't the same way, you end up with yeah. harsh inequality. And, you know, I, I don't know how much people are volunteering to, <laughs> to try to fix it. I mean, there's the, uh, what's the term for this? The Pygmalion effect. Pygmalion effect. Oh, yes, the Pygmalion effect. (laughs) The classic Pygmalion effect. What is that? Pygmalion effect is that people aspire to uh, fulfill your expectations. So if you expect more from somebody, they will perform better. Um, And they did this test with like a classroom of students, and they told this teacher, like, that kid over there, they're actually a really good achiever. Um, So, you know, you'll have a good time with them. And they would do that oh, with random kids. It is called the Pygmalion effect. <laughs> it's a f- phenomenon where high expectations lead to improved performance. And again, exactly. And so they would tell teachers, like, you know, have high expectations for certain kids at random. And that kid would actually perform better at the end of the year. Uh, and I look at our society and I see, like, you know, how we think about politicians or police or all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, boy, we have the exact opposite of that going on right now. Like, we all expect the worst from our politicians, so why the heck would anybody ever mm-hmm. give a shit, yeah. you know? It's like, if maybe if we expected the best from people instead, maybe they'd give us their best. Hmm. But if you're going to treat someone like shit and say that they're a bag of dicks or whatever, like, they're going to be like, well, <laughs> fuck you, I'm not going to try. Sorry, this is just a bunch of profanity coming out of my mouth. Good luck censoring all I this, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> but that really stands out to me. It's like, you know, I think... uh you got to expect the best from people in order to get the best from people. And if you're not expecting the best from people and you start changing that point of view to be a really negative one, you do hold power in that point of view and you should catch yourself before it gets too deep. So, yeah. Wow. Well, I, yeah, I mean, 
SF. I don't hold any resentment for those people, I guess, who are driving. the No, 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 no. I'm talking about like, you know, the expectations of like the politicians to fix it. Everybody. I see. Expects the worst. Yeah. Not that it's necessarily the politicians like problem to fix either. Like it's a shared responsibility by everybody. It's easy to pass the buck. I mean, what are you going to do? Say, hey, if you have more than this much money, you can't move to San Francisco. It's it's kind of a hard. Thing. It's really tricky. 100%. Yeah. yeah. It's. Uh, but I mean, hey, for those homeowners who still have their property, I'm sure they're happy enough because. Yeah. Values have gone up so much. Mm. But I will say owning a home for the past year has definitely like shifted my perspective of money a little bit because you know, like the house has gone up in value, but. You know, I've, I've the house got up in value like every other house in LA has, um, but it's not like I actually have any more money if I were to sell it because I can only buy the same house. You know, my my dollars aren't worth anything more. It's just worth more dollars. And you're like, oh, that's inflation. Mm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, the house the housing supply. You know, it's the same as it was last year and it's the same as it was the year before. And granted, right now, every, like people who are going to get a house in 2020 but didn't because of the pandemic, like now you have them stacked on top of the people that just are naturally looking for houses in 2021. And there's also a lot of talk of recession in 2019. So people kind of held off then. So you also just have like a backlog of people that were looking to get houses like and that'll sort itself out in time. Um, but yeah, just, you know, seeing seeing how a house goes up in value and just like that's not a reflection of the value of the house it's a reflection of the power of the dollar to some extent i mean it's a complicated network too but also things like you know even owning a house is not really about the price of the house it's about your monthly payment in a way it's about your mortgage uh, which is basically just rent because at the end of the day you don't own a house the house outlives you right you know my house has had how many families go through it you know we're just a caretaker for the 5 10 15 years that you're there and then you pass it off to somebody else. And ideally, you've done a good job and you're rewarded with getting your deposit back, your safety deposit, which happens to be a lot more than it would be for an apartment. But it's kind of the same concept. I wish we could all just agree to like, instead of having these perpetual mortgages that never get paid off and we just yeah. keep handing the debt off to more people, like, let's just make houses like 300 bucks. <laughs> you know, like, let's just lower that for everybody. And then we can actually just buy it and yeah. sell it. But it would be the same thing. But, the, you know, the government made you know, the dollar stimulus last year with the pandemic to try to keep us from having a recession and a depression, which we had with a little bit of, but like when, when mortgage rates dip down to be like super cheap, it's like for the exact same monthly payment, I can now buy a house that's 20% more expensive. So what changed? (laughs) Like not a lot. It's like, it's, it's my monthly payments the same because it's not about how expensive the house is. It's about what your monthly payment is. You know, if your monthly payment's the same and you can buy more house, suddenly it's like way more people are either looking for more houses or, all the prices in the houses just go up, you know, yeah. so that the same people can afford the same houses. It's just that the, you know, the numbers have switched to like compensate for the other numbers switching. And at the end of the day, it's like your dollar is not worth the same amount of a dollar anymore. It's, it's all over the place. So it's been weird watching all that, like from the perspective of like real estate and uh, yeah, the real estate perspective. <laughs> that's why people listen to this podcast that, right we should rename it <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys you just everybody listening to this just gets to hear what's on our mind at the time of the podcast and we just hope that what's on any, our mind is interesting yeah are, do you have any good like land picks what are your top five land picks yeah yeah I, I mean you've been the longest homeowner here how about you what land picks yeah <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, uh, land with grass is uh, on a downward trend right now. You don't get those mineral rights. You don't get mineral those lumber rights. rights. Yeah, mineral get, lumber like, rights are on the rise. What's but... the best kept secret secret about swamps? <laughs> uh, how deep they truly are. <laughs> <laughs> yes. When does a swamp become a trench? That's what I'm wondering. A swamp becomes a trench? Oh, jeez. Uh, you have to get the water out of it? I don't know. Uh, yeah. Now we're like out of joke territory. <laughs> no, I'm actually wondering. It's, it's I don't for, know. Uh, my friend is Top, t- top five research. real estate biomes. Tundra. <laughs> right, right now it's tundra, taiga. Um, what is it? Desert? No, not de- deserts. No. Mm, not, no, oh, yeah? not the 120 degree heat right now. Worst places to spawn every morning. Worst, <laughs> worst place to spawn. <laughs> so oh, you, you spawn in a hill biome every okay, day. I'm going to spawn in a hill biome every day. Yeah, best Man. hash codes to spawn into. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I kind of had a pipe dream like last month of like, you know, because I've been looking at moving. Mm-hmm. And everywhere I was looking at was like, oh, yeah, you're going to be paying essentially two grand of rent. So I was like, okay, I'm going to maybe look into potentially pooling with someone else and buying a place. And then mm-hmm. instead of paying into nothing, paying into a mortgage. And I, I called some real estate agents and like, just kind of like sobered me up real quick because <laughs> like right now in LA, the real estate market is just so insane. It's so crazy. My neighbor sold his house uh, and to, to like just someone random, like just, Without a realtor, yeah. <laughs> it, it was just like probably put up a sign out front, like for sale. He was like, he's like, hey, does anyone want? Oh yeah, okay. When <laughs> <laughs> like he gave it thrown at him, <laughs> yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. It's just it's kind of uh, so I don't know. You basically wait and see what happens. Like the only the way economy. to guarantee you're gonna get a house in LA right now is if you go to the house you want to buy and sit outside until the for sale <laughs> sign comes up. <laughs> you camp there? Yeah, oh you literally gosh. have to camp Spawn outside camp. the house. <laughs> Might be up to a few months to a year, but yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I will say, if you, it's not a bad idea to buy a place, even with it being crazy. Just, it's a good time to just start looking and, like, follow the trends. You know, like, look at houses for about three or four months, two or a couple, this will settle down a little bit. It'll probably know, settle you know, next year. Yeah. Prices aren't going to go down, but they will not climb as fast. And the crazy demand will probably chill just a little bit. There will always be some of that crazy demand. But it's really just a numbers game of like, you got to take a lot of shots for one to hit. I mean, that's what I had to do, you know. Um, but having yeah. perspective on it, like, because you want you want to be looking for a couple months. And like, once you've done that and you have an idea of what to see in different houses and what the process is like, and you've done a couple bids, even if you didn't get them. Like that really helps once it becomes time to be like, okay, this house I actually really, 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 truly want. And then you want to go for it for real. Yeah. Having some of that experience behind it helps. Definitely. I got a lot to learn. It's <laughs> <laughs> much it's different than the rental game. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of cool though to like at least imagine yourself like, oh yeah, I could actually be not just pissing my money away every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. so we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. see what happens. I There's wish you could, tr- like, lease a place. Like, how you yeah. lease a car. Oh, yeah. And then you can, like, at the end of your lease, like, I'll buy it. Like, <laughs> just like you yeah, know? Just, <laughs> and it's just well, there are renters left. that do that. Huh. But they probably won't do it in L.A. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I'll probably yeah. just, like, buy in Florida first or something. I mean, <laughs> I'll probably do that when I move. I'll yeah. be like, you can rent it for yeah. a year or two. 
then I'll sell it to you. <laughs> just gotta make sure, make yeah. sure you're made of the right stuff. Just gotta make sure, yeah. Watch you through the cameras. <laughs> Make sure you don't nick the walls too much. Cameras. Every time they're walking, it's just like Sam. <laughs> Super loud camera for yeah. some reason. <laughs> yeah. Never oil. No you can constantly hear it focusing. Just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. <clears throat> so I went to Omega Mart this past weekend. Uh, some of you might know of it. Um, so there's this like art collective called Meow Wolf, and they have like this like art installation museum place thing, experiential thing, and I think it's uh, New Mexico. Um, they all got together and put some together in Las Vegas. So it's in this place called Area 15, um, <laughs> and part of this place very 15 is omega mart and you may have seen some ads for it online or some things popping up and it's like a alternate reality grocery store it's very like a it's very like aperture science black mesa mm-hmm. kind of stuff with a little bit of tim and eric mixed in um Bingo. oh and was ringing my mom's calling me we can talk to my mom on the podcast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and it's really cool. Like, so they have all these like products in the front that are like really goofy. Like, <laughs> there's this cereal that's just, like simply not spiders. <laughs> it's just like a bunch of shredded wheat, and like they're talking about it. There's no spiders in it. And that's all the marketing's about. There's no spiders in the that. cereal. Or, uh, you know, I got I got uh, Jake a present. If Jake listens to the podcast, he'll hear about this present before he actually gets it, which is the scent of uh, verbal agreement. And it's just like an air freshener. Um, I got Sam. Uh, Sports chips. Sports chips. <laughs> you should take a look, Nick. Yeah, you'll like oh, them. Oh, dude. Yeah. They just I love have sports, sports lingos yes. all over it. It's just run on sentences about sports <laughs> oh. for the whole label. Yeah. You can actually buy anything in the grocery store or most of it. Oh, nice. Um, like they had uh, robot milk, which is just sand. <laughs> uh, and I got I got Ivy some gum, um, which is a uh, doomed expedition, um, like Arctic madness. And it's just about like <laughs> the packaging is just like an Arctic expedition that's failing and they're cannibalizing each other. And that's the how cold the gum is. <laughs> um, so there's a bunch of like really cool stuff. And you, you, know, you stand in the shelves and you're picking all these things out and looking at them. And then like different parts of the store, like. You open up the freezer and there's a tunnel and then you walk through the tunnel and like things shift and you find yourself in this like alternate re- like dimension, which is this entire back part of this place, which is all these different cool experiences, um, like some really cool 3D projection stuff happening in one room, a bunch of really crazy oh. light installations. And they have like like music machines where you can like play beats with other people and like change the visualizers based on how you're mixing the music. Like there's a whole bunch of like little rooms with all these different effectively art installations it's it's basically a mini burning man i haven't been to burning man but i understand that apparently like a lot of artists working on this are people that make stuff for burning man uh and you can just spend hours there like playing with all these things it's not it wasn't too crowded when i went there like there's definitely people there but like do you go as like a a group or you just you just 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 wander yeah you just wander it's like yeah, it's like a Chuck E. Cheese's for adults. Wow. It's pretty sweet. 
Yeah. So I highly recommend anybody who goes to Vegas, go check out Omega Mart. Totally worth it. Um, it's a ton of fun and a bunch of really cool trippy things. Maybe so. we can uh, work that into our NAB trip. Yeah, this year, actually, that's not a bad running. idea. Yeah, if we do go to NAB. Yeah, because that's the last time I was at Vegas was for NAB in 2019. Gosh. Yeah. You still going to do that? <laughs> I think I think it's in I October, think they're doing right? in the fall. Yeah. Huh. We'll see. Yeah, All right. Got to go network with the YouTube people. Yeah. The industry. With the industry. <laughs> yeah, a lot has changed like in the it has. few years we went. Like when we went in 2019, we did karaoke with people and like the CEO mm-hmm. of Maxon. And like, you know, we we're just all a bunch of nerds singing songs. And then like now look at us. Now we're rock stars. <laughs> now we're all rock stars, including especially people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I thought we were like all grizzled and jaded or something. No, no, no. Like <laughs> quite the opposite. I feel like the world has shifted in a way that has like elevated a lot of the uh, the people working in that industry that you know we're a part of um, to be a lot more like publicly visible and a lot more like impactful on culture and all that. So that's interesting, and I wonder how it's going to shape NAB when we go back. Yeah. I think it will. Yeah, Christian yeah. just mentioned yeah. astutely that React was not a thing last yeah. time we went to NAB. And then we were like just joking around about the prospect about like bringing the green couch out there yeah, for the panel. Yeah, doing a live React mm-hmm. yeah. episode. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be pretty cool. So. Yeah. No, I know it's a, it's a big deal. Wait, did I, I mentioned it yesterday, the thing with Neil Blomkamp. Oh, oh yeah, your friend Neil. My friend Neil. So, <laughs> so, so what is that? Because you, you, know, you know Neil. Have you met Neil? Uh, uh, my friend i saw this, this <laughs> he did. yeah yeah no no like because he's making a movie and he wanted he reached out yeah to he makes movies do something but yeah we're gonna try and get him on the show soon <gasps> but he, oh, <laughs> could you be more nonchalant about this <laughs> yeah, just, it's the coolest thing ever it's so cool i'm so afraid when he comes here if this works out that like it's just gonna be madness. <laughs> it's just gonna be crazy. You're like gonna how to everyone's talk. gonna be like doing wacky things. The Ryan's gonna be like trying to like w- dangle from stuff, you know. And like <laughs> it's just gonna be like it's just gonna, people are gonna like lose their minds because yeah. it's just like oh my god. Suddenly we're gonna have like a full crew lighting react. Everyone's yeah. gonna want to be the show and how they can set up C stands. Dude, the same thing's gonna it's happen. Like, no, we Adam only Savage. need like two people. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> we might actually have to have a live studio audience for that. I mean, I was gonna. I was saying, no. I was reserving that for Jackie <laughs> coming be, in. You no, because everyone's going to feel like tempted to be like, ah! Or, or like, wait, but what about this thing? Or like, come yell questions. And, <laughs> we can film them reacting to the reactions. Oh, man. We'll just, oh. Someone's, we'll just put a mirror next to the couch. Oh, yeah, so he can watch himself as he reacts. No, no, you just pan, we pan down to the mirror to see like random faces. <laughs> <laughs> see if you're doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. The react episodes of guests are always the most intimidating. Because like, a lot of times, like, not that we're winging it a lot of the times, but like, you know, we're working off of our collective knowledge, which isn't always correct, but thankfully in editing, you can catch some of these things. But when you have like a guest on the couch next to you, it's like, I get very timid about making like concrete statements about how things Bold are done. Statements. Yeah. It's What's like, the most nervous you've been with any guest? Hmm. Probably Matt Aiken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Weta. It's just like, oh my God, this guy is Dude. like. I am a poser next to this dude, you know? He was pretty legit, um, man. He might find out if I say anything. <laughs> so I'll just keep my mouth shut. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We're we're slowly working our way up to Jackie Chan. Yeah, we are. I we got Scott like Atkins, of course. Close. 
Scott Atkins was awesome. I know you guys yeah. talked about this a little bit last time, but that was a cool one to have. That was really cool. I didn't know he'd fought Jackie like twice no, or three times I. or whatever it is. Yeah. That's going to be a really what, fun what, episode. What, did they have beef or something? <laughs> no, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, I just saw him. He was like, you. <laughs> Come here. No, uh, he, when he was starting out as a stuntman, I guess, he got to fight him in the medallion. And then I forget the other movie he was in. He didn't really talk about any others. Yeah. Jackie. But. I mean, they're just pretty straightforward fights. Yeah. It sounded like. Yeah. And definitely I need to reach out to him because uh, we, we talked about potentially doing like an effect for his next movie. And I'd love to do like some cool set piece effect for him. Yeah. yeah. He has a cool thing going. He is able to like produce and star in his own movies. Yeah. Like that's kind of the dream I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. It's like Steven Seagal. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> and like make that money overseas too. Like I'm sure. overseas. Yeah, man. But bounty. <laughs> Dude. I'm surprised Steven Seagal still makes movies. Like they're so precious. They're so janky and weird <laughs> we should, and strange. We should definitely do some stuntmen react to see. I saw some clips from one he did. Like I forget it was like military themed and it was like legit airsofters. It was like li- literally like airsofters. Mm-hmm. Playing like it, like at one of those like war sets that are up north of here, and like everyone's wearing like the funniest like airsoft gear, and they're like we're Navy SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know you're pretending to be Navy SEALs, and like this is this is like it, it felt like an eight year old was like explaining like like Honestly, a, like what the airsoft game was gonna be like. <laughs> Dude. You know he like seems like all makes a point of sitting down for like all the scenes, right? He doesn't yeah. like to stand. Oh, so I can tell. He always changes scenes to sit down. He just also hits the stuntman. Dude, <laughs> he's like him and like Nick Cage is like one step above Steven Seagal yeah. in that like he has such a career now of just like starring in these movies where he's like the biggest guy in the poster and then he's there for like three scenes sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> his, his recent ones are like weird <laughs> movies though, which is, yes. you know, it's like it's definitely an artistic like motive for for making these things for with, sure. unlike steven seagal which is just like trying to uphold his title as action hero dude well nick cage had some tax troubles so that's why he ended up doing a lot of movies oh really yeah because he's got to, he had to pay off the tax bill he almost pulled a wesley snipes Whoa! i was watching blade this weekend and it's really weird that wesley snipes went to jail for not paying his taxes it's like really you put Blade in jail? <laughs> That's where he's most dangerous. Because <laughs> he didn't pay his taxes? I mean, yeah, make him pay his taxes, but you put him in jail? How's that going to help anything? Go to jail. <laughs> That's, what they, <laughs> That's what they say. They, they catch you and they're like, go to jail now. And the funny thing is, like, I can see how it would happen. Please. <laughs> like, I don't, if anybody's ever done 1099 work, like, you get paid and you're like, oh, cool. And then you go and you spend the money, and then like a year passes, and then it's like, okay, now you owe us 40% of that. And you're like, oh, I didn't know yeah. that was going to happen. I do not have 40% of the, you know, whatever million dollars you paid me. <laughs> I no longer have $400,000 to give you for taxes. <laughs> like, you know, that's it's a lot more of money when, to Wesley. Yeah. I mean, I can kind of see it, I guess, but. To be fair, you should also maybe. Maybe figure some of that stuff out. Maybe have an account. Much yeah. Money. Yeah, just Maybe have an account. Save some of it. Business advisor. It. It's so yeah. funny. You're like, you got all that money and you're like, man, what should I buy? I should just start buying stuff. Everything. <laughs> and you spend all the money. I, and then This car's kind of expensive, but I guess I have the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, it's that easy. I don't know how much you got paid for Blade. I doubt it was more than a million dollars, you know? 
but you can probably look up what his tax evasion bill how was. Many, yeah, crunch the numbers bucks. for us. Yeah, crunch the numbs. I wonder if the warden of, of the prison where he was staying was like, felt either really badass or really scared. Like, yeah, I got This is like a scene jail. where he's trapped in jail and he's going to break free. <laughs> I've seen this yeah. before. And they're usually like in solitary or something. They put Protect. him in solitary. <laughs> what the? That's so jacked up. Because it's like you can't be with the commoners. <laughs> put him on death the commoners. <laughs> Don't put him with the commoners. This is a movie star. <laughs> Separate him. It's the Tower of London. <laughs> Take him to the gallows. For your, your yeah. stay, <laughs> we'll be placing you in this, the third story cell. Away the from the commoners. The, the tallest, tallest cell away from the commoners. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine Wesley Snipes up there in a trench coat. Getting walked all the way up <laughs> the stairwell. So apparently Wesley Snipes was a little deeper in it. <laughs> he anticipated. So from 1999 to 2004, so five years, he made about $40 million and paid zero taxes and owed $23.5 million. Oh. <laughs> He's like, I'll pay 840000 And they're like, how about you go to jail for three it's years? like one tank's worth. Wow, three years. Yeah. In the tall tower. So he actually spent three <laughs> years in prison? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, it was like a minimum security, like... See, like, that's like, like a good fella's prison. That, that, <laughs> yeah. Isn't that, like, of all the things celebrities can go to jail for, that's the one you can really bounce back from. No questions asked, right? Yeah. yeah. You're not like, oh, you beat someone up. Oh, you abused someone. Oh, you... You know, it's like, you know, you just didn't pay your taxes. So you're still a good guy in my books. You know, like, you can totally act. You can totally handle yourself on set. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you just, just make too much money. Just keep the auditors off of, off the set, and we'll be good. <laughs> I mean, if you can if you can bounce back from beating up Rihanna, <laughs> you can bounce was... back from not paying your taxes. Yeah, so Ooh. Chris Brown just keeps getting more famous. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah. really crappy. <laughs> it's insane. I think I think there's something to be said. Like here, can you guys separate the artists from the art, or are they tied in your minds? Because they're definitely linked in my minds. I can't listen to Michael Ugh. Jackson anymore. I know I don't do R. Kelly. Yeah, it's such a weird. That's the that is the deepest question that I think exists in our time right now. <laughs> and because I, I try and keep them separate as much as possible, and I like because I'm, I'm like, can you enjoy something that someone you don't like has made? Or you did like when you yeah. first heard it, it made its deep impression upon you, and then you realized that you don't like them, which is often the case, especially, yeah. well, with Michael Jackson, with any of the people who've been canceled over the last decade. I mean, Michael has to be, like, I mean, the hardest. That's the hardest yeah. to just even, like, that happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just, it's just like, the separation of, like, the, the logic and the emotional parts of your brain, really, because, like... The emotional part obviously still can enjoy everything just fine, I think. But then the logic part is where you're like, oh, you know, you stop listening to the song and start hearing the cries of young children. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's that's where you're like, hmm, I draw the line there. Yeah, it's I guess it depends. I don't know. I've I've probably not listened to Michael Jackson since willingly. Yeah, I don't actually seek him out. Yeah. I, I can acknowledge that his music grooves, but like I can give up Michael Jackson's music for the sake of not like supporting a man who slept with children. And for anybody who in the comments are like, well, that's not true. It's like, 
watch that HBO documentary. And it, but then it gets deeper. It definitely happened. But yeah, it but then it goes deeper happened. and deeper and deeper, and you're like, what well, was it his fault or was he like raised in a twisted? <sighs> it doesn't matter. Yeah, I know. See that, that one. That one's like no, 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 no. See, yeah. and that's the thing. You can't skip generations to blame stuff. You yeah, know, but super fans justify that stuff just like that all the time. Mm -hmm. It's pretty, pretty scary, and especially in the film industry. I mean, it's happened yeah. a million times. But that's that's it. I do think people also need to be able to forgive when somebody changes. Like we need to always make room for people to change and become better people. We can't just hold somebody to like if somebody does something bad and you will never, ever forgive them and you always hold them to that. Well, then you're just that's spiteful vengeance. That's not rehabilitation. You know, like yeah. I maybe there's lines that, you know, it's like, oops, I accidentally I actually blew up this airplane. <laughs> Oopsies, I won't do it again. Oops. I promise. Like, you know. <laughs> Maybe there's lines that you uh, you can cross yeah. that you can't, can't come back from, but... It was I, getting bad. They'd, like, bring up super old tweets from yeah. know, celebrities, and they'll be like, oh, you can't host this, like, Grammy show, like, mm. 10 years yeah. later. And you're like, I'm not the same person. I probably didn't even mean that. And they were like, no, you're canceled. I, I like, honestly <laughs> think, yeah. It, but you guys are playing Michael Jackson. Okay. <laughs> but I'm canceled. That's a good point, though. I mean, people cancel people over a tweet. Maybe that's too far. I don't know. I think... Just don't and, use Twitter, you'll be fine. And also, <laughs> it also depends on the art, I think, too. Like, if it's a film and it's like, say, the director or writer of a film that gets canceled, well, there's a lot more people who have artistic say in that film, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, see, that's the other thing there, too, which is like, it's a harmony, like, literally. Like, what, like Apple News pushes me like articles, and sometimes it's like 10 actors who turned out they're horrible people. Yeah. And it's just like <laughs> all the best filmmakers and actors, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock was a horrible person. It's like, yeah. oh, whoa, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like, this is like everyone like, right now? Like, <laughs> it's Hollywood, I mean, yeah. But no, you're right. Yeah, that's the thing. I think it's just like that. It's that group mentality a little bit of like, no, there's like plenty of great people who put a lot of work into this too. Mm -hmm. Also, there's a difference between like being an asshole and being like an evil person. Like, yeah. we don't get mad at drill sergeants for being assholes. Sometimes you have to be a little bit of an asshole to get stuff done. It's okay. They hurt your feelings. Big deal. They're an asshole. Get over it. But like that's different from like, oh, they abused you. Like, you know, yeah. there's definitely lines that you can cross. But I I don't feel upset if I found out like that a director was a dick to people on set. You know, as long as they're not like it just, just emboldens you. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they're not like being abusive, you know, like yeah. I think there's different, definitely different like lines to cross. It's like most people know that that director is an asshole. It's like, don't like you you know like everyone on set and productions everyone knows everyone talks about like the horror stories that happen and you willfully go on that set and you're like no they're not gonna be and then they're an asshole it's like well you, you knew that <laughs> going in also yeah. though like there's a lot of pressure on set i'm not trying to justify like straight abuse but like if you're a director on a million dollar feature or an actor like christian bale and the whole sound guy yeah blow up he had every right to blow oh, up. oh 100 he had i'm, I'm not totally, only every right he yeah. was in the right yeah. to pull Tom, on that Tom guy. Tom Cruise yelling at the crew about the masks and stuff. He had every right because he's funding that film. Yeah. You know, he's producing it. You've got a lot of pressure on your shoulders. And, like, it all boils down to that one day. You probably haven't slept at all. You, yeah. I mean, dude, it, I can't imagine what being an actual. Did you blow up on anyone on set when you filmed your movie? 
We had like 12 people. Yeah. Are you an asshole director? All volu- no, no. They're all volunteering like, their time. Damn it. Put the light over here. I was probably too nice at some points, honestly. And could have gotten maybe a couple more takes. It's so like, I uh, gotten some more takes. Yeah, did, yeah. You know? Interesting. Well, can you put the light over there? No. Oh, maybe yeah, that's what right. makes. Yeah. Or like, yeah, I'm trying to do Maybe that's what makes asshole directors because they were too complacent and didn't say enough. Maybe. And they saw what they could have done. And then they No, I'm putting my foot down. time, but more like the way the script. No, no, no. No. No, Can you no, maybe you say the words there in the script? Oh, you don't want to? Yeah. I guess it's okay. Do you, be in, do you want to be in the scene today? No? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, that's fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, yeah, we, I'm sure uh, we, no, I'm not fine. angry. I'm sure, I'm sure we can find someone else. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> I won't tweet. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that the uh, paparazzi and tabloids don't. The paparazzi. Obviously, want to acknowledge the paparazzi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the paparazzi. The paparazzi. <laughs> the paparazzi. <laughs> we have to say it Italian every time from now on. They skew. They skew everything. Yeah. <laughs> I like, totally get holding people to a higher standard sometimes, but so, it's like, okay, if that person wasn't famous, you wouldn't be saying the same thing. Like, normal people across the globe act a certain way but then once a famous person does it it's just chaos yeah. it's like they're a normal person mm-hmm. they're normal or like when justin bieber will think, yeah. say something <laughs> weird yeah. and justin like, bieber is a good example because he'll like he's actually like really every time i've seen him like talk to paparazzi he's been very like nice until he's not because they yeah. straight up ignore Push him, him. Yeah. to the edge it's like this is a human being who you guys are just terrorizing in the streets yeah I haven't seen the Britney Spears documentary, but that's like the vibe I get from yeah. everyone I hear. Uh, everyone I heard about who saw it. And yeah. part of me is just like everybody that goes out and buys those magazines, they're supporting that. They probably feel like they're disconnected from it, but no, that's the, you are part of that person that's you know torturing this person to get pictures. It's yeah. pretty gross. Yeah, yeah. I have this philosophy that like that it's not necessarily good and bad people. It's more that everybody's good 90% of the time and they're an asshole 10% of the time and it just depends on what time of the day you know did you happen to catch them when they rolled that 1 out of 10 when they're the asshole or did you happen to catch them when they're nice because I kind of feel like that's really how everybody kind of functions you know like asshole drivers usually it's just that that person probably is not an asshole driver most of the time it's just on that one time in the day that you pass them that's when they're being the asshole driver yeah i mean that's what driving in la is like too i get so frustrated driving to work i'm like everyone's an asshole driver it's like no there's just a lot of people on the road so that one in ten chance is just happening all the time yeah yeah Yeah, like i look back it's like ooh, yeah i was kind of a dick in that one moment on accident and it's like oh maybe the other person was a dick in that moment on accident too i don't know it'd be good for us to give people the benefit of the doubt more often yeah or not just don't get so worked up. It's just mm-hmm. never even worth it. There's so many videos coming out of people getting out of their car during rush hour and like hitting the person's car in front of them because they're getting like super angry. I'm like, well, it's not worth it. That person might kill you. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, yeah. Hit their car. At least don't stand in front of it if you're gonna hit it. <laughs> I had a a moment of like extreme confrontation on the road like three mornings ago. Extreme mm-hmm. confrontation. Well, like three years ago. Yeah, dude. Like, and you put so, on your sports shades and fucking get your new. I think it was like Thursday or Friday. Um, I was heading to work and a guy tried to merge into me, like didn't see that he was about to merge into me and I could see his car creeping over. So I like start honking like meh, meh, meh. I'm like, come on, what are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? I'm the paparazzi. Yeah, the paparazzi. They're after me. No, but like, and he was one of those LA drivers that you see all the time where obviously 
never signals, mm-hmm. probably doesn't look where he's going, just expects people to get out of his way, which a lot of people do, surprisingly. They're just like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to drift over. And if you're there, eh, <laughs> you get out of the way. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm in front of him. He tried to merge in, and I was like, meh, meh, and I, like, speed ahead. So he's behind me. And he's trying every car. He's trying to like get off to the side. And like, there's like a car here, so he can't go off to the side. And like, I was like, no, dude, I'm not going to speed up for you to let you buy. And he got really pissed that he couldn't get by me. And also probably because I like honked at him. Like, oh, sorry, God dude. Forbid. Yeah, God forbid. It's like a Kia Soul honk too. It's like me. Like, it's like the nicest. Like, yeah, it's honestly like. Yeah, it's literally like Beaker from the Muppets. Um, and he was riding my tail, super aggressive. And I, I finally did merge over, and he like merges right behind me. Ooh. Like he's like, I'm on you. And so I'm like, shit. So I get over one more time, and he, and I'm like, oh, this guy's like following me now. i wonder if he like passed his exit at this point because he was like... maybe so but like after a couple merges and he's like right on my my tail i was like he's like pissed at me he's following me so like i'm right on the 7th street right before the exit and i like pull this like need for speed maneuver like cut like three lanes again i'm the asshole probably but like i lost him and this guy so right on the 7th street exit on the 101 there's like a shoulder where there's like with those barrels of water. Mm-hmm. He freaking skids to a stop, like almost hitting the barrels. Oh, really? Because I cut across and he tried to follow me, but he couldn't quite make it. Wow. And I left him. I, I looked over and his car's like, and there's like traffic piling up behind him and shit. Like, wow. Legit almost like. What a nutbag. Dude. Oh my gosh. And I was like, heart That's was really pounding. Stressful. I'm like, but you Jesus. lost the tail though. That's Dude, I, the I lost the tail. Impressive. I don't know if I would have gotten like shot or something just Is on my way saying? to work. If he'd like caught up to me or what would have happened? A golf, golf thing. <laughs> Golf thing? The golf thing happens. Then the golf thing happens. The road rage golf balls. He starts throwing golf balls. He gets out, he tees up a ball, and he puts it right into my windshield. That'll teach you. That is really stressful. Dude, that was like so so unnecessary. It's like, dude, you could have also just looked over your shoulder where you were merging, but oh no. You know what? just kind of did something like that to oh, me. Yeah? I was about, oh, no. I park in front of them every single day. And the the <laughs> white van was behind me. Oh. And I didn't even see him because I'm, I'm chill when I drive now because I was my, like, blood pressure starts getting up. Oh, me too. And so I start to go into my normal <laughs> spot. And <laughs> so they're so conveniently reserved for you. Park here. <laughs> it says don't park, yeah. And then, like, the van goes like that and, like, cuts me off and, like, horizontally oh, wow. parks in two spots and <laughs> i almost hit the van because it was my right of way because wow. i was going to their spot and i was just like like that but then he gets out of the car and he's like you can park in that one or like <laughs> their other spot and i was like okay like you almost caused an accident on hunter street because you just feel entitled <laughs> and I, it was weird but i almost crashed into the Man. That would have oh been a gosh. whole crew cuts episode. Oh, <laughs> no, Daniel would have been like, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, corner is screwed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you see Daniel in the window, he's like, and he just runs yeah, out. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up and puts a clip of the mic on you. Yeah. And you're like, whoa! Yeah. He like, goes like this to the front of the guy. The guy's like, no. Like, yeah. Trying to clip a mic on him. 
Oh my gosh. Um, I really admire Daniel's persistence. I know. Oh, the yeah. vlogs. I always try to make time for him when he needs to film with me, even if it's like interrupting everything else. It's so it's funny. Like, I, yeah. Well, because like he, it's like, that's like almost, that's basically what he would do. Yeah. He, I think he would make the attempt. He would ask and like, can I, yeah. can I film this? You have to, <laughs> if you're going to try to tell stories. Like even the most unproductive days, as long as I filmed with Daniel, I feel like I got something done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 So good. And it, sometimes it seems like the most, you're like, there's no way you're going to get a story out of this. Crew cut episode drops. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. You're wow. like, this is the best story ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And everyone yeah. in the comments like, this was so meaningful. <laughs> like, we had no yeah. idea what was happening while it was happening. <laughs> yeah, that's a real skill right there yep. in terms of editing and storytelling. Squeezes the motion out of those everyday moments. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like he'll like save those little, he'll save scenes sometimes for like months. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. he'll wait till there's a perfect thing that it can support or that there's a, you know, he can tie it together for some overarching story. Yeah. So. Well, it's like because it's all fabricated. And like, but it's true, but it's 100% fabricated at the same time where it's like, because he's been filming all this stuff with the green screen, unreal stuff that I've been doing over the last few months. And he's like, he, he started, he came to Nico to film a bit with it and me yesterday. And I'm like, like, damn, dude, you know, like you, you've been like this whole thing. There's like a whole story here. And he's like, yeah, like, and this is what I need. This is what I want you to say for it. And like, it's like, you want me to say that? It's like, okay. And then I say, it, I'm like, yeah, that was the truth. I didn't even know that. Like, that was like the, the fitting part of yeah. this story. I'm like, what the? <laughs> we're too busy to think in that yeah. like kind of like storytelling like emotional like i don't know there's something very like idyllic almost about it it's like mm -hmm. core truths of like and like it's always very positive like mm -hmm. which i love but i've noticed that sometimes we're not in the mind state to exactly give that and that's where his like persistence like you were saying comes yeah. in because like, and like, I know me, like sometimes he'll like try to interview me and like, I've never been like super like outward with my emotions towards people. And so it's still kind of weird sometimes like being interviewed about someone when I'm sitting right next to them, <laughs> you know? So like, it's, I've been getting hopefully yeah. better about it. <laughs> like, like, why is Nico the best yeah, right. no, it's, it's always positive and it's like, well... I should be able to say positive things mm -hmm. about my coworkers in front mm -hmm. of them. Like, you know, even though like maybe it's not what I do every day, like, you know, so mm -hmm. it's been a learning experience for sure. Um, externalizing that stuff for yeah. in such like a funny. literal way, yeah. you know, so I've never seen someone just never take no for an answer as professionally <laughs> yes. as he does. It's yeah. great. Cause people be like, no. And then people like, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's gonna be a really good episode. So you, the mics are, you're already wearing them, and you're like, When did you do this? <laughs> Daniel, paparazzi. Damn, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, it was like when, <laughs> when we were doing the, the boxes for Nico and. Ren crashes the drone, and Daniel immediately goes was, like that. Yeah. And it was like, I don't want to do this, and he's like. So I crashed the drone. <laughs> oh, he that was it. such a good episode, dude. The oh, moment when like Ren's goofing around and like I'm doing my first like box jump into the pan, <laughs> and you're like Ren, can you cut it out? And Ren's like, ah, oh. and you see it like that moment was captured mm -hmm. so well. It encompassed mm -hmm. everything because Ren was talking about like I don't want to distract from Nico's big moment. <laughs> 
but I lost my drone, <laughs> and I need help getting it back. <laughs> then he calls on his older brother, Solomon, yes, to uh, go get it, and Solomon just like pulls a move and jumps on the roof and grabs it, and it's yeah. like, whoa, yeah. Yep. And Solomon was such a pro. The yeah. uh, These comments pointed out, like, when I was jumping off the ladder, that he'd reach up and he'd cover, like, the, the knuckle on the top of the ladder so I wouldn't smack my head onto it. Mm. It's like, yeah, those little touches. That's like, that's what being a professional stuntman, stunt coordinator, stunt rigger is all about. It's like that attention to detail and safety. Because you can't get lax about those little things. Because you're doing it every day. And if you're rolling if you're rolling a hundred-sided dice and you hit that one and, you know, that, that's an injury, it's like, and you're going to be rolling the dice five times a day, every day for like ten years in a row, like you're going to hit one at some point. Yeah. So you got to always take those little steps and be safe. Yeah. People yeah. will die. Yeah. I had uh, no idea Ren was filming a story with Daniel for that. So I was like, I watched that moment back and I was like, oh, I totally deflated this moment. <laughs> I was, was just so like, good. stop that. I mean, you made the right it call. So like funny. that was definitely like the, the legit right call to make. Cause it's like, we are trying to focus and this is like, this is what we're doing here. It's this jump and like, Ren, you got to wait. <laughs> and Ren kind of knew that also, but that's almost what made it even better. Yeah, it was like perfect timing. And then Nick got canceled for being an asshole. Yes, I got canceled. (laughs) That paparazzi. Um, Wait, I I missed that part. You got canceled? No, (laughs) no, no, no. not yet. Anyway, jeez, not yet. I better stop tweeting. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) better stop making making movies. I do get worried about like delivering too hot of a take on the podcast sometimes, and then people like, "What the heck?" Yeah, you're right. Whatever. Don't worry about it. I feel like I do feel like we're lucky in that everyone who listens to this podcast, like the audience that watches Corridor stuff happens to be an audience that's very like thoughtful and even minded. And honestly, like we have a pretty diverse, I think, array of opinions and what people enjoy in our audience. So it always like tends to lend itself towards good discussion as opposed to like name calling, uh, which is awesome. So, hey, if you're listening to this podcast, good on you. Good on you for being a cool audience member. Yeah. 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 The end. <laughs> and that's, that's the end. That's Wait, the what? End. That's the end of the podcast. What it is? It is. I guess it is. Okay. Well, yeah. no, I mean, that's like, what a, what a great note to end on. You go. <laughs> Everyone who's watching this is super yes. cool. You should take that to heart. Seriously, though. I, I do really enjoy like the in-depth like comments that will happen, especially like when we talk about something we don't know a ton about. And like someone's like, well, actually, yeah, I do this professionally. And like, and it's like usually a really like helpful kind like you know hey you're you didn't know about this but let me enlighten you kind of approach mm-hmm. yeah wink 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh wait i can't wait to hear everybody's uh, market in sf it's like i'm a realtor in san francisco let me tell you about the problems here <laughs> we talked about san francisco for like a solid three Yo, minutes those are the worst land picks of the month <laughs> yeah. uh, worst a swamp, biomes. A swamp is not a trench excuse me <laughs> called a fjord actually yeah uh we are not allowed in the bay area after this uh the top five landscapes clearly and uh it is nine hundred dollars including sales tax (laughs) (laughs) i'm a professional (laughs) thing taker okay well we're gonna do a deep dive on what are you guys what are you gonna do with your 900 bucks after this podcast um Honestly, razors are expensive. Oh, razors? Razors. Like scooters? Like the laptops? The scooters? No. <laughs> no. I'm, a, I'm a Mac girl until I die. Okay. 
Um, like shaving yeah. razors. <laughs> shaving razors, yeah. Like, I'd stop shaving 10 yeah. years ago. 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So that's what I'm going to get. I'm going to get some socks. Yeah. <laughs> some Hanes. Now that socks are free. Oh, I'm going to get pro controllers for everyone in the studio. Ooh, good Thank call. You. Oh, we got to start thinking actually? about having our... Uh... You, if, if I can find a Switch, I'll get you okay, one. Okay, thanks. You guys are thinking about our Smash Brothers tournament soon. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost time. Don't I think we got to do me. duos before that. I know my character. I, yeah. it, duos would have to be a separate tournament, I think. Oh, definitely a separate tournament. And Christian's my teammate, right? Yeah. Yep, me and Christian. King K. Rule and Gandorf. Well, Dean and myself will be the teammates because we have a winning combination. <laughs> one person we'll serves the sausages. Yes, uh, one person well, serves up the sausages and the other oh, one chucks yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, it's the trees. I need to be it's your oh, the trees. It's, yeah. There it is. It's the, okay. it's the trebuchet. Teammate or so opponent? <laughs> teammate. Teammate. Jordan, who would you team up with if you're doing duos? Well, see, Nick was saying him, but no, he was like, you don't need I've gotten way don't better than Nick. No, Nick, Nick since our video, since the one that we did. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think if we run that video back, you were like, don't I don't me. get why people hate people. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't really played with Chase, but I feel like Chase would be like. Chase is a sleeper. People don't know it, but Chase is legit good at Smash Brothers. So if I had a duo. He just waits in the shadows. Yeah, he's been training and waiting. I feel like Carmichael's been doing the same. Oh, did he get a Switch? I think he has one or bought one. No, I need to get one. Are we kind of are, are we fading out on this one? Yeah. We're fading okay. out on this podcast. Play us out, Sam. Under the no, no, we, we can just keep talking and the volume will get. Yeah. I still want to hear what Jordan's pick would be. Who would be your teammate? Me and Christian do pretty well together. Yeah, Christian's my teammate. I know. Um, room. You should play each other solos. <laughs> okay, and then Dean is Sam's teammate. Nat. Nat. Interesting. Yeah. We both like to use our little lassos to make things happen. Me and Daniel can be teammates. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. There you go. Or Jake. <laughs> You'll yeah. forfeit. Jake. <laughs> You'll just be like, no, we refuse. Go back to work. We are boycotting. <laughs> and you guys have to come up with a real good reason to boycott that can trend. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Time. Thanks, guys. We'll see you guys in the next and one. girls. <laughs>